0: My daughter's been a part of this really since day one. You know, she loves to cook, and I I love cooking with her. It's just so much fun. But I I also really wanted her to be a part of of what it meant to have that impact on your community. You know, she was three at the time, right? So she's so little. It's it's always you know how much do they really understand? How much do they know what's going on? And but it was so important for me to to show her that there are people who are going through something right now and as as their neighbors it's just really important for us to stand up when we can and do whatever we can. She I would tell her stories, you know, not the full story, but I would tell her stories, well there's, you know, there's little girls and little boys who are hungry right now. There's little girls and little boys whose parents don't have jobs right now and it's hard for them to put food on the table. And, you know, what is that, you know, what is that what does that feel like to you? Each day, she'd be like, Mama, are we going to make lasagna pasta today? Um, who are we making lasagna pasta for? And now, you know, she's five, and now that's part of her language. She really understands what we're doing and the impact that it's having. And she's been able to sort of connect a little bit more. And I think that's important, right? Like, you know, we could just shelter our kids from what's going on and and sort of bunker down and say, oh, you know, everything's fine. And, you know, you're still going to school and you still have food. So, but um, I think it's a really amazing opportunity to teach kids from a really young age, you know, here's what it means to to support your community. And here's what it means to be a good neighbor um, and to make impact part of your, part of your blueprint for when you're older. There are millions of butterflies. If everyone caused the beginnings of a storm, Earth would be in chaos. A butterfly flapped its wings in the Amazon, and subsequently a storm ravages half of Europe. And how far forward would we need to go in your life to show the difference you make?
1: The very first time I heard of lasagna love, I was living in the Boston metro area, in the Camberville village, as locals love to call it. It was back in the summer of 2020. I was the mom of an 18-month-old baby boy, and like many of us, my husband, my son, and I were stuck at home. Back then, I was a member of a local Facebook group called Mox, for moms of Camberville. In this little community, we exchanged tips, advice, finds, and ideas in a completely judgment-free space. And that's how I came across Rhiannon's post. It said something like, hi, moms. My toddler and I have been making and delivering home-cooked lasagna for any mom who's struggling as a result of the pandemic. Lost childcare, lost income, where are your girls? If you would like a hand with dinner one night in the coming weeks, contact me. It's confidential, contactless, and of course free. We're here to help. At first, I was very touched and I absolutely wanted to help, but I never once thought that I might need it. It's true after all. Back then, I had a roof over my head, my husband and I were both working full time and we did have a fully stocked fridge. But then six months later, after a call with my son's daycare teachers, my husband and I were starting on a journey we did not expect a long solitary and isolating one leading to a medical diagnosis for my baby boy. In the midst of the pandemic, I really had no one to talk to. Most of my friends had left Boston and it was not a really good place to meet anyone. And to be frank, I was scared to even vocalize what we were going through, as if it was making it even more real. So parenting got challenging, and I felt a bit helpless. That's precisely when Rhiannon's post came back to me. What if I was immediately ashamed to even consider requesting help, as we were still pretty privileged in a way. But I did end up submitting a request on her Google form. A few hours later, I got a text from one of the volunteers who offered to bring us home-cooked fresh lasagna two days later. It may sound silly in a way, right? But for me, on that day, it felt so good. All of a sudden, it felt like I had people behind me. I was not alone anymore. And if a warm home-cooked meal does not solve everything, I realized after that it was exactly what I needed then. So, when I started brainstorming who I wanted to reach out to for my new podcast, L'Effet Papillon, I immediately thought of Rhiannon Man, the woman behind it all, who started cooking lasagna with her toddler for people who needed some love from their community. Here is our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very excited to talk about your impact uh, and the one of Lasagna Love. Um, Before we dig into it, I want to talk to you about Be Good to Mama, your previous organization. Um, I'm wondering first what it is and how this may have paved the way to what you're doing today.
0: Oh, interesting question. So, Be Good to Mama was really just a passion project. So, after I had um, my second son, uh, I think a lot of moms that I've talked to have experienced after they they give birth, this sort of loss of identity. And all of a sudden, the only thing that defines us is being a mom. And at least for me, I lost sight of taking care of myself. I lost sight of all the things that I sort of had before that. And I, I really struggled with that um, and went through a period where I just wasn't particularly happy or fulfilled. And um, through that journey, sort of realized that the important thing I needed to do was to relearn how to take care of myself while also being a mom. So, relearning how to, how do I prioritize the things that make me happier that give me energy? So, for me, that was you know maybe going to that cafe in the morning or exercising or making time for friends or making time to call my mom. And only after I started reintroducing those things did I really learn how to be an exceptional mom because that cause cause my cup was full and it's so cliche but but truly if if your own cup isn't full you can't love other people in the way that maybe you want to or in the way that maybe they deserve. And my journey sounded so familiar to so many of the moms that I talked to that I decided to start writing about it. And so I just the Be Good to Mama was a blog that you know, it was just, it was stories of what I what I had gone through and what I was going through. It was, you know, all sorts of things about parenting, but in the in the context of how do we make sure that we're being good to ourselves um and, and not sort of losing sight of that. And so um, you know, that I, I think I was doing that for maybe about a year when a little over a year when the pandemic hit. And I think my focus shifted a little bit to, okay, you know, I've I've learned how to be good to myself and I'm trying to share that with other moms, but Now other moms are going through, like, we're all just going through this incredible chaos of, you know, trying to protect our families. And what does it mean to not have kids in school all of a sudden? And we're trying to balance that and working from home. And how do we even get groceries? Because most of the stores are closed. And I just, um, I pivoted and and tried to figure out what my community needed. Um, And specifically at that point, the community of moms around me. And I just started making meals and delivering them to moms that I didn't know that I found through Facebook groups who needed that extra pick-me-up or that extra hug. And lasagna love was born entirely by accident out of, out of that shift.
1: Do you remember the very first batch or, or tray, is that how you say, uh, of the yeah. that, 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 you, that you created and like what went to your mind? And like, as you were making it, did you know who it was going for? or like?
0: C- can you tell me about that day? Yeah. I, so when I first started cooking, I had no idea. I just knew that I was going to find people to deliver meals to. Um, and I remember, you know, being excited because I was finally doing something purposeful, but also just, I think I just get in this mindset of, okay, like how many can I make and how efficient can I be and what's the assembly line and what ingredients can I get? Because every, like so many things are out of stock. And, um, and so in parallel with that, I, you know, I'm, trying to get it, trying to post on mom groups and, and explain, no, this isn't like a, this isn't a business. Like just, I just want to help. Um, and there was a lot of love from the communities there. And I do remember this is the first, the first week I delivered seven meals and I still remember the names of, of some of those women. And I still remember their stories. And, um, there's one in particular, it wasn't my first week, but it was the first month I remember. Um, and you may have, you may have heard me talk about this before, but I, I, um, I got a message from a mom saying, you know, I, I've been seeing your posts and um, finally reached out for help, but I'm, um, you know, I've lost my, my job and I'm taking care of my mom and my sister and my daughter and uh, our refrigerator broke and I can't afford to fix it. We've been eating ramen noodles for two weeks and I just like, my heart broke for her. And when I drove up to her house, there was the, there's the broken fridge sitting in the yard. Um, and I just remember breaking down in my car and thinking... I have to keep doing this. I just have to keep going, because if there are people who are who are going through this right now, and you know who knows how long this is going to last, um, I've got to do something, because to just to to be a mom like that and to not be able to feed your family, like that's that's just heartbreaking.
1: I remember actually seeing your first post because we were in the same uh, mom group uh, in the Greater Boston area, and. This is a project. I don't know if it's because we were home, uh, so our kids were home with us, uh, or if it's a family project. But I, I remember you uh, uh, saying that you were making this with your daughter as well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So my daughter's been a part of this really since day one. Um, you know, she loves to cook, and I I love cooking with her. It's just so much fun. But I, I also really wanted her to be a part of 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 what it meant to have that impact on your community you know she was three at the time right so she's so little you know you're, it's it's always you know how much do they really understand how much do they know what's going on and but it was so important for me to to show her that there are people who are going through something right now and as as their neighbors and it's just really important for us to stand up when we can and do whatever we can And so she'll, she, I would tell her stories, you know, not the full story, but I would tell her stories. Well, there's, you know, there's little girls and little boys who are hungry right now. There's little girls and little boys whose parents don't have jobs right now. And it's hard for them to put food on the table. And, you know, what does that, you know, what does that, what does that feel like to you? You know, and so, and she would, um. Um, she would, you know, each day she'd be like, "Mama, are we gonna make lasagna pasta today? And um, who are we making lasagna pasta for? And uh, you know, are we making lasagna pasta for for niños who are sad?" And she would come with me on some deliveries, and I think it was just a really good experience for her. And now, you know, she's five, and now that's part of her language. She really understands what what we're doing and the impact that it's having. And she's been able to sort of connect a little bit more. Um, And I think that's important, right? Like, you know, we could just shelter our kids from what's going on and and sort of bunker down and say, oh, you know, everything's fine. And, you know, you're still going to school and you still have food. So, but um, I think it's a really amazing opportunity to teach kids from a really young age of, you know, here's what it means to to support your community and here's what it means to be a good neighbor um, and to make impact part of your, part of your blueprint for when you're older. For sure. And what I love is that it's inspired other families, right? You probably saw, I don't know if other other parents have on the Camberville group have posted, but um, so many of the people who are volunteer for Lasagna Love volunteer with their kids, I think because it was the model from the beginning, which is fantastic. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. So yeah, actually, um, that's one question I wanted to ask you. When you first uh, started posting, you have had a few people reach out uh, because they needed help, but you also Mm -hmm. have had quite a lot of people who wanted to help. Uh, right. who wanted to contribute, who wanted to have an impact with you.
0: Yeah. So, and, and that's how, I mean, that's how lasagna Love started. I thought it would be just me cooking for a few months and then COVID would be over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all said so. We all, yeah. <laughs> right. The, the naivety of the beginning. But as you mentioned, yes. So, I started getting messages from, from moms who had seen my post saying, yeah, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling like I really want to do something. Are there enough families to go around? And so that's how, that's how lasagna love started Is just, it was a few women at first and I made them all their own Google spreadsheets. And I would put family names into their spreadsheets each week and they would cook and deliver. And then they would be posting on their own Facebook pages and their friends saw, and it branched out from there to other cities and States. And all of a sudden, we were managing this this organization, and we needed something better than Google Sheets because that only works for so many people. But it all, you know, it all came together, and all happened. But I, I love the, I love that that's what people were inspired to do when they saw a post and they didn't need help. It wasn't just, oh, okay, you know, I don't need that. It's fine. You know, I love that that part of them said, oh, that's something I can do. I see myself in that and I want to have an impact as well. Um, And I think that says a lot about where our country sort of was at the time, the goodness in people that if you just present them with an opportunity that feels right for them, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are willing to take that up and put their own time and money and energy and love into helping somebody that they, they don't know at all. That's amazing, and that is truly inspiring.
1: Can you tell me a little more about the people that you help? I was under the assumption, but I might be completely wrong, um, that initially you were trying to help moms.
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of by accident. So, I mean, it—I was helping moms because that's that's who I was, and that's who I identified with, and that's those are the people that I felt like were going through the most. And a lot of the the data and research says that mom, I mean, parents, but moms especially, were the, are the people who are hardest hit by by the pandemic. The you know, a lot of women left the workforce, you know, yes, voluntarily, but also, I mean, if you think about it, it's not really voluntarily. They were just we were so overwhelmed to. by all of the new things, um, you know, a lot of emotional stress, a lot of um, you know, mental health, and so that was where my heart was in the beginning. But the the more people we had able, to, willing, and able to cook, and the more the the more sort of need we saw, um, you know. I I wanted to help as many people as possible. If we had enough people to cook for, you know, everybody in in San Diego where we were living at the time, great. You know, we didn't have to limit it. And so we very intentionally sort of said, you know, this is a, this is, this was no questions asked from the beginning. You know, yes, we were posting in mom's groups, but it was no questions asked. And so, it became no questions asked, but across the board. So it didn't matter why you were coming from the, to the table or what your family situation was. You know, yes, our, our taglines feed families, but if you're a family of one, that's still, you know, you're your own families. So, you know, we, we started feeding people who, you know, a lot of elderly people who couldn't, didn't feel safe going to the grocery store um, or, you know, families without children who were going through financial difficulties or people who had lost loved ones to COVID who are simply just struggling emotionally and didn't didn't have the energy to cook a meal um, and I, I think that's I think that's one of the beautiful things is that we're spreading kindness um, without qualification
1: as uh the pandemic uh I know we know it's not over uh <laughs> I don't know if, if, if we'll ever <laughs> what, what is
0: what is over <laughs> yeah exactly
1: <laughs> but um as uh as things got better how did you know that this was something you were going to keep going with
0: because the need was still there. You know, it would have been one thing if the pandemic slowed down and all of a sudden our requests went to zero. We're like, oh, okay, cool. Like our work here is done. But the need kept coming in the stories may have changed a little. So instead of I lost my job very suddenly to COVID and can't pay the rent or put food on the table, you know, the the stories changed a little bit to um, a lot more sort of overwhelm, a lot more just emotional stress. um, And, you know, people sort of struggling with, "I I don't maybe I can afford to put food on the table, but this this there's something going on in my life that is is very difficult. And, you know, just a, a warm hug from a stranger would really move the needle for me. And so, you know, if, as long as there's a need, we'll be here. I think our vision is a world where neighbors are supporting neighbors like this organically. And, you know, you just know the person down the street, and just had a baby and you bring them a meal, or, you know, your next door neighbor just lost someone and you bring them a meal. And, um, You know, if we reach that point, wonderful. But until then, you know, we have a community of really passionate people who are genuinely excited and want to cook and help someone every week. And there's always people who are going to need that kindness for one reason or another. And as you
1: said, it's a no question asked. Um, When you do feel a request, uh, you have an opportunity to leave a few notes about your story if you want to, Um, but it's not really
0: a requirement. Right. And some people leave a note that's saying like, hi, thank you so much. Right. They don't tell us any. I, I, some people really enjoy sharing. You know, I think it's a it's a safe space for them to share what's going on. And, and I can't tell you number the number of requests who have the from people who have said, you know, nobody in my community knows this is going on. But, you know, I remember a family in the Midwest who um, made a request and they said they said, we, you know, we own we own a small business like everybody in town knows us. Our business is is failing and no one knows and nobody can know, but we're, we were, it's hard for us to put food on the table. So this would really help. And, you know, for them to feel comfortable and to trust our organization enough to share that information and know that it wouldn't go anywhere, but imagine that kind of release to just finally be able to share with somebody, I'm really struggling and I really need help and I don't know where else to go. And for somebody in our community to say, that's all right, I got you, you know, I've, I've got you and I won't tell anybody and, you know and and you know the future brings something different as you said uh, this uh, started
1: in the camberville area around boston um, and now you are all over the country and even internationally is that right
0: it actually started in san diego oh okay for and, and then I, and and then we moved back to ah, to it. camberville and so that was our second sort of big area but um but yeah it's it's um it's just kind of gotten wild so you know we we, start, we grew to every every state um and now uh, we had somebody from Australia reach out who really liked the idea. And then we had somebody from Canada reach out who really liked the idea and somebody from the UK. And so we've just sort of said, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're in a different country, it doesn't really matter if you think this would work for your community. We're happy to, to give you the skills and train you and teach you how to run a region and go out and recruit lasagna chefs. And um, the model is very easily replicable. Um, so I think kindness is something that's a universal language. And I think that works anywhere in the world. So we'll we'll keep growing and expanding as long as there are new people who want to come on board. And how did you go about uh
1: expanding even nationwide? Um did you have people like you said for the other countries like reach out to you saying like, this is great, yeah. I wanna help? Like did did just like word of mouth or
0: completely Yeah, we wow. never we never we never were like, Okay, strategically we're gonna go into Michigan next. Like it just it was literally Every single place we went, it was someone saw it on the news or heard it from a friend and reached out and said, I want to do this in my area. Um, and signed up and we just, we figured it out. So, you know, if, if it was just a, a one or two chefs that or you know, volunteers who signed up and wanted to do it in their area, we would have somebody from another area, help them get started. Um, if it was somebody who raised their hand and said, I want to get this going in my area, we taught them how to be a local leader. And yeah, I, I think there's very few communities at this point that, we're, we do, that we don't touch in some way.
1: For someone who wants to help. Right, mm-hmm. who systematically burns down their lasagna? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how can you help? Do you have like one recipe? Uh, are there other ways to to help and to contribute?
0: There's a few ways. So you know, we we do have easier recipes. So you know, if you're willing to give it a try, awesome. But if you're genuinely somebody who's like, nope, me, the kitchen, cooking lasagna, not gonna happen. Uh, we have a lot of volunteer leaders who contribute their you know, professional skill sets. So we have a volunteer director for PR. Um, we have some volunteer software engineers. We have uh, volunteers who manage you know, our customer service. So if if you love this idea and you really want to help and get behind this sort of kindness movement, reach out and we will, we will find something for you to do that fits exactly what you're good at. And then we also have quite a few people who donate monthly, um, either to support a lasagna chef who can't necessarily afford ingredients or to just, you know, help us run day-to-day operations. So we're a super, super efficient organization. We ran our 2020 numbers and uh, 97 cents of every dollar um, stayed in the communities that, that, they, that they served. So, um, you know, we have, a, we have very few full-time staff and very low overhead, but we also still need those people to keep uh, the organization going and growing.
1: How does it work? Like, um, as you were saying, so most chefs do provide their own uh, ingredients. Yeah. So yep. it is a commitment of time and uh, some uh, some and uh, financial as well. What, what is the source of your, of your of uh, income? Of your finances, yeah, uh, your, yeah. Your income.
0: Yeah, so we have, so as you said, so uh, you know, all of our volunteer. We have about thirty-five thousand volunteers now wow. um, that have that have either delivered a lasagna at some point or who are active now. And they all pay for their own ingredients. They pay for gas. They they deliver. Um, and so, you know, that they're just they're amazing. And some of them will make one a month, and I have one woman who makes twenty a week. Oh so <laughs> it really runs the spectrum. And we try and we've made that done that intentionally so that there's no barrier to joining. So if you if you want to do this in your community, if if one a month is what you can af- afford and what you have time for, like they're, is a family who will be so so grateful for that one one lasagna. But then to support our 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 operating, like our actual overhead and operating, um, we have a, a group of monthly donors who are they're our kindness ambassadors. So maybe they give ten dollars a month, maybe they give five hundred dollars a month, but they're they're part of this community that really helps us with ongoing financial support and allow us to sort of operate without having to think about where the funding comes from. Um, and then we have some corporate sponsors who have been wonderful. So Um, National Lasagna Day is July 29th, Um, so if you didn't already know that, um, get excited, (laughs) uh, but we have, you know, we have uh, Ragu, like the uh, big sauce company, who's our sauce sponsor, we have Pastine, which is a local New England company, so, you know, in Camberville, if you go into any supermarket, you will see Pastine on the shelves, and they're our lasagna noodle sponsor. A Carabas Italian Grill, natural fit. They make lasagna. We deliver lasagna, um, and then Galvani cheese. So their ricotta and their mozzarella. So we've sort of found somebody for every lasagna ingredient, and they're 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 excited about our mission. Um, they're excited to be on board, and you know we couldn't without their sort of their marketing support, but also their financial support. You know they're going to help us spread the word and get more recipients and volunteers involved, but they're also, you know, uh, helping us financially. And those kinds of um, partners are also what allow us to, 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 keep, to keep going and to keep um, scaling and spreading more kindness. That's amazing. I think I understand that uh,
1: the, the impact uh, for you are you're going to keep going basically as long as you are receiving requests, as long as there is a need. How do you measure the impact that you're having on the community?
0: This has actually changed A lot in the last couple of years. So in the beginning, we really just measured by number of meals delivered. So, okay, like this, you know, we, we hit a hundred lasagnas, we hit 200, we hit 500. I remember when we hit a a thousand and it was like, Oh my God, I can't (laughs) believe we delivered a thousand meals. And, but then we started looking at individuals as well. So how many people, um, how many people is that? So we're actually, we're about to hit a million people served, which is mind blowing for me. Um, and in the last probably year or so, we've really started to think about, well, Okay, people fed is is wonderful and important, but we're also talking about you know to, to the two other pieces of our of our mission are uh, spreading kindness and strengthening communities. So are we actually moving the needle on those? So on the spreading kindness front, um, we did a survey of recipients and you know we had this hypothesis that kindness has a network effect, and there's um, not much but a little bit of research that's been done on this. So if a kind act is done for somebody, you know are they inspired to then go and pay it forward in some way? and we we thought yes but we were blown away by the degree so when we surveyed our recipients um, 97% of them said that they either already had paid it forward or were planning to pay it forward after they received their lasagna and so if you think about that so that's you know that's a you know a million people potentially going out and doing other acts of kindness and then the people that they do acts of kindness for. Do, are they then inspired? So all of a sudden we have this ripple effect, um, which could really transform communities. Um, and then we also looked at on the community level. We're thinking about sort of what are what are metrics of community well being, and we worked with a researcher uh, Chelsea Lenoble um, and and to understand what what questions can we ask to really get at Are we having an impact on how people feel? Connected and supported to their community, and so we we depending on the um, depending on the 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 metrics between sort of eighty nine and and ninety two percent of our recipients feel more connected and more support more supported by their communities as a result of being recipients of Lasagna Love, and so we're starting to prove out that you know we're not just feeding people, but we're also um, you know moving the needle on their on their emotional well being and having a, a greater impact than just that individual lasagna delivery, and we'll. We'll continue to to measure and grow and figure out you know what are the what are the right thing what are the what are the next right things to uh, to prove the model. But it's uh, we've come a long way in the last couple of years. And So you're talking about the
1: communities that you're touching, you also have created uh, a community. You said you have about about 35,000 volunteers. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you keep them together? How do you keep them engaged? Uh, Because (laughs) I mean, you built a community uh, remotely and necessarily
0: all across the continent, even around the world. You cannot have met uh, every single one of them. It's interesting because I feel like there's so much in the news lately about how 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 social media can be detrimental to community, and it, you know it's causing us to fracture more and splinter more and create these more divisive groups. And um, I definitely think that's true in some cases, for sure. But I, if it's used in this way, it it's all it also can bring communities together and create strong communities that are that are founded on shared purpose, not founded on because we're identified as something other, but identified because because we want to be a part of something bigger. And this was, this was a community born on Facebook. You know, we was Facebook posts and then all of a sudden, and then we had to start a Facebook group that all the volunteers could communicate in. And, and so that's really where the community um, was launched from. And so we use, uh, we have a, you know, global Facebook group that we use to, that our, our, our volunteers are all invited to be a part of um, where they share stories or challenges or Uh, You know, I have a vegan request and I've never cooked a vegan lasagna. Who has tips and, you know, for for a budget friendly one or like how do I actually make tofu ricotta? Or this person said they want, you know, something with these ingredients. Does anyone have ideas? And so they've all come together to support each other. And we have um, just some really, really amazing um, conversations in that group and not just about not just about recipes and and deliveries, but um, about how do we challenge biases, right? So especially early on, there was a lot of, well, that person's not, you know, I got a I got a request from somebody, but they don't seem to be, qu- in quotations, in need. Um, or I drove up and it was like a really big house. Like, I don't see why they would need a lasagna. And it started some really interesting conversations about, well, we are no judgment, we know, no questions asked, but how do we actually play that out as people? And what does that mean? And how do you think about, the information you don't have, um, and, and not judging people by what you see. And it's been, I I remember there was a, there was one woman who, um, who shared, you know, she drove up to a house like that and started to question it. And then she, and then, you know, she got to, she got to the door and had a conversation and it turned out this family that looked like they had everything together, you know, had a a very young daughter going through chemotherapy and the family was just totally distraught. And she, she came back and she posted in the group and she's like, I want to share this experience because it just goes to show that even me at 47 can learn not to judge and that we never know everything going on. And that, you know, kindness doesn't have, a qualification and it shouldn't it should just be given freely and um, so that that's a sorry there was a total tangent that isn't quite related to your question of building community but i think it's an important part of of how we've built that community is is by um, having really deep conversations that um, that maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise and we're all growing together it appears to me that um at
1: least a little bit that i know of your uh story you have always been looking out for moms, <laughs> <you think? laughs> um, spreading love. I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, before all this, um, how has your personal story or your career or, or a combination uh, of all um,
0: kind of led you to where you are now? I think, I mean, I think there's, there's a couple different answers in there. There's the, because you're right, I do feel very pulled to help. You know, m- moms or anybody, like I feel very pulled in that direction, and you know, I think that was probably instilled in me by my own mom. So when I was, you know, little and growing up, you know, she was always taking me to, you know, volunteer at the uh, local library bake sale or, you know, go sing at nursing homes during the holidays, and so it was just a, a part of my experience growing up was how do you bring joy and kindness to other people, and uh, so that that persisted. I think I've sought out careers where I could have that impact. You know, I worked for an amazing nonprofit consulting firm, Root Cause, actually right in, they they were right in Cambridge. I think they've moved downtown, but a, a lot of the experiences I had there helped with what I'm now doing, but it was also, you know, I've also, I've looked for that, right? So how, like, where can I go that I can work, but also, you know, feel like I'm having a positive impact on people around me. So I think that's, that's the, why this particular, right? Like why, why I feel like I found my, I found my purpose finally. And then, you know, just practically, to build an organization like this takes a really weird set of skills, right? So, you know, like it's, our entire platform is built on, on tech, like this, this technology. And so you have, you have to be kind of tech savvy, but also I'm managing this huge group of volunteers. So I have to have managed volunteers, but there's also the strategic element. And so, you know, I worked on the Obama campaign in 08, like I've managed large group of groups of volunteers before, never thought that would come in handy in my, (laughs) you know, quote unquote real career. Uh, You know, I've, I worked at a tech startup, you know, I've, there's all, all these sort of random, you know, if you look at my resume, you're like, what has this person been doing for 15 years? Uh, but then it's, it's sort of, I feel like the universe has placed me here and given me all these different experiences. Because I couldn't be running, I couldn't have built this organization without all every single one of them. And there's very few people who who have that really weird connect, collection of of experiences. So have you ever felt like that—that that you're just like, oh, I—I I was meant to be here, and all the stuff that I thought wasn't connected is all of a sudden connected?
1: I, I actually very much, uh, very much so. Uh, I I changed career, and if you look at my resume, you're like this person has been like jumping around, um, but once you know what I do now, it all makes sense. So I I yeah. completely relate to yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's really
0: interesting. Like, okay, yeah. cool, I got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you still cook? Do you still cook, lasagna? I do. Uh, I actually made one yesterday. Um, Even on vacation. Even on vacation. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, you know, I, I, I miss it. I, you know, I I was cooking. I mean, I was cooking dozens a week, right? In the beginning. And as we grew, I just, I, I had to spend my time building the tools and running the team, um, which I love also. But I do try and cook for families at least once a month, just as, you know, it's, it's why I came to it. I don't want to, I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose that experience. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I read somewhere that uh, you were talking about uh, your mom taking you around uh, when you were a child uh, to bake sales and things like that. Mm-hmm. I read about your first uh, baking experience, and oh, I think it's a great lesson. Also, <laughs> that it's not because it didn't work the first time that 30 years later you're not gonna be doing this.
0: <laughs> can you tell us? About yeah, it? <laughs> I can. So I, I I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I had to be about six or seven, and. Um, I got up before my parents and thought it would be a great idea uh, if I made brownies. And I don't know if I wanted to make brownies for them for breakfast or if it was for me and my brother. But, you know, I got out the brownie mix and the eggs and the milk, uh, the water. And I was like, soaks. I mixed it together. I put it in a um, like a square metal tin and then put that metal tin into the microwave to cook it because the, the box said you know, microwave oven. You can cook it in the microwave. And... Um, it's like mothers have like a sixth sense for this thing but you know in in that moment of the brownie pan going into the microwave my mom all of a sudden appears <laughs> and it's like and she's like don't do what it. are you doing <laughs> right and so yeah so uh it was uh we did not burn the house down which is which is good <laughs> i don't i don't remember how long the pan was in there for um did right? not if
1: you do something that, that
0: yeah it sparks little yeah little of sparks. yeah but as a kid you're like i don't know it's i mean yeah it's kind of cool <laughs> Yeah, that looks great. Fireworks in the microwave. Um, But yes, that is. It goes to show. You know, if you think you're not a good cook, if you even if you do burn lasagna at every turn, you could still give it a shot, and you never know. uh, Try, try again, and you could become a lasagna chef.
1: Is there one recipe that is lasagna love? Or I know that you guys um, adapt to different diets and different preferences. But uh, is there like one original recipe that you share with everyone or does everybody kind of come with what they, what they know, what they have?
0: I have, so I do have like an official lasagna love recipe. That's the one that I made in the beginning. And I like it because I, um, it, you know, lasagna is a comfort food, but it is, it is not the healthiest food in the world. Right. So, um, the, the one that I was, that's sort of my own recipe is I shred zucchini and yellow squash, Uh, finely. And I mix it in with the mozzarella cheese and it hides it and it melts. And uh, so for veggie picky kids, it's, they're getting some extra not you know, not a ton, but like some extra vitamins and and nutrients, and still like eating the deliciousness of of, um, of lasagna. And I mean, not just kids, adults too, right? There are plenty of people who use that recipe, but yeah, I would say you know, a t- many many, if not most of our volunteers have their own either family recipe or an easy one they found online, or they don't even make lasagna; they make something else. Um, so if you if you want to come join us and you have your own recipe, you'll be more than welcome to use it. <laughs> Do you make lasagna? uh yeah i mean
1: i like to cook but lasagna for some reason is like this thing that i always uh it's usually the 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 noodle is not cooked or it's or it's too <laughs> runny or it burns or like yeah i'm I'm a catastrophe with lasagna but, uh, but <laughs> now i
0: understand your question <laughs> pretty determined to learn
1: <laughs>
0: what does the future hold for lasagna love and for you we are just going to keep going until we're not needed anymore. But I, I think as we think about our mission of spreading kindness, right now we're doing that through Lasagna. Um, but I think there's opportunity to do it through other channels. And we have, you know, we have the potential to leverage this, this platform, which has really, this is, at least in, in, from what I know, and I, I, you know, I don't know. I clearly don't know all the nonprofits in the U.S., but I know you know a lot of the big ones, and I've never seen a nonprofit do um, you know neighbor to neighbor connections for services. So without without having a nonprofit as like a, a physical location intermediary or facilitating in some way, and this is truly you know you sign up and we give you all the information, but when we match you, that connection happens outside of us. It's you know we're a platform to connect, but that's about it, um, and. I think that model is really interesting because it it opens up the possibility for so many more people to help, right? So maybe I want to volunteer, but I, you know, I can't go to an organization at six o'clock on a Thursday every week for six months, but I can maybe do this one thing on my own schedule for somebody who lives really close to me, you know, whether that's lasagna or baking cakes for kids who don't have, you know, who can't can't celebrate their birthdays or mowing a lawn for somebody who, you know, is is older or disabled and can't mow their own lawn. And whatever that kindness is, could this become a platform for other sort of verticals of kindness? So I think that's one area that we're really interested to explore, you know, as our volunteers um, are excited about sort of these other opportunities, and we'll be able to reach a lot more people that way. And then, you know, really just you know, spreading to other countries. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, but really, you know, becoming a thought leader in the area of kindness and really understanding what kindness does. So more, more, re- not just, you know, not just how we think and anecdotally, how does it feel, but really putting research behind what is the impact of kindness on individual well-being and on communities and how far does that network effect extend? Um, so, you know, as we get bigger and have a lot more data, I think it'll be really interesting to ask those questions um, and, and move the needle in, in, in the field. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Which one sounds most exciting to you? <laughs>
1: uh, both. Both, honestly. Uh, I think it's uh, the first one is uh, so smart. The second one makes so much sense. Smart too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited to see how you guys uh, grow, continue to help communities. Um, and if there is anything I can do to help... Uh, I would <laughs> you already are is there one question that I didn't ask you that you wish uh, I did, something that you wanted to mention or maybe if you want to do a call for volunteer or for help or donation uh, to
0: conclude? Yeah, we would love I mean if this if this resonates with you if if spreading kindness and strengthening communities is something that you feel like that's you know that's important right now in the world. We would love to have you join our community in whatever way that looks like for you. So if you want to cook lasagnas, um, lasagnalove.org, click on volunteer and we'll get you matched with somebody in your community. If you burn lasagna or it's too runny or you just don't have the time to cook, um, you know, become a, a kindness ambassador and support us monthly. And, you know, we we really, really value people who can um, support us financially in that way. Um, or, you know, reach out directly, Rhiannon at lasagnalove.org and let us know, let me know, you know, what kind of skills you have that you want to put to use and we'll find somewhere in the organization for you to, to join. And it's a really amazing team of volunteers. Um, so we'll find a place for you to fit in and you can become part of the lasagna family no matter what. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: If you do want to join the Lasagna Love community, go on lasagnalove.org. This conversation with Rihanna made me rethink my lasagna recipe, which may I remind you, I keep on burning. And I finally signed up to be a lasagna chef for families who may need it in my community in Colorado. I must say, signing up was really easy and I was really happy to see that you can set a frequency exactly the way you want. For now, as I figure things out, I only signed up for making a lasagna tray once a month and I can't wait to be matched with... a.
0: Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: A family who may need it. For more information, you can refer to the website, which I'm adding to the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation. Isn't Rian Story terribly inspiring to look after our communities, no matter how big or small? If you did like what you heard, please take a moment to share this episode and to give us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. It does mean the world to me as I'm trying to bring this work to more ears. We'll be back next week for another episode of L'Effet Papillon, the butterfly effect. Meanwhile, you can find me on Instagram at AnnefleurAndrely. Have a great week.